Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. I, I really believe everyone should be working on things that give them joy or that are in their unique ability, right? So if you could outsource and delegate something that's lower level work that someone else could do, that's, that's great. If there's a, a piece of technology that you can utilize to work more efficiently so you're not wasting time on lower level things, that's great too. So for me, it's all about how do you save time and optimize your time so you could work on things um, in your unique zone of genius and get, uh, highest and best use of your time. So, um, the title, so that's the title of the talk and I created a URL for you to, um, to see some additional resources. Um, I'm not, obviously in a 45 minute talk, I'm not gonna be able to share everything, but I've put sure. some, uh, some additional things um, in that link if you're interested. And I also have a free Facebook group called Making Remote Work Actually Work, where if you're interested in this material, you can find out more there, as well as I have a podcast, The Leverage Podcast, so um, with that being said, um, let's get started. So um, as Dino mentioned, um, I'm Nick. Um, I, have a, I have a book called Idea to Execution, which is the story of how I bootstrapped my company Leverage um, to seven figures the first year, uh, fully remote, 150 people by, by using systems and tools in smart ways. And in that process, I built uh, my own business efficiency framework called CPR, um, which I will get into later in this talk. Um, I'm a writer for Inc. I have my own, mastermind, my, my own mastermind group on business efficiency, and I have a new book coming out this year called Come Up For Air, How Your Team Can Leverage Systems and Tools to Stop Drowning in Work. Love it. So, so like I said, leverage, uh, we grew quickly, and when I, what I'm gonna share with you about my framework is not from theory, but it's from experience, both um, what I've implemented in my own company, which is like 80 or 90% of my time, um, as well as what I've implemented um, for clients in my mastermind group and my private, cons my private consulting clients. And I've worked with people, two-person gas and water leak detection companies. I have clients that are doctors. Um, I've also worked with larger companies like Tony Robbins and Poopery and Ethereum. And what I found was in all companies, whether it was mine or one of these other companies, didn't matter the size of the team or the industry, this framework I'm going to be sharing with you, um, which is CPR, it works for any size team, any size company. It's really just foundational, foundational team efficiency and business productivity principles that I developed that should be applicable for anyone. And it's really underpinned by this premise that I have of I feel like you can only scale as fast as you can transfer knowledge inside of your company. And, and the problem that I see is um, knowledge transfer is very sticky and things get lost in, in the knowledge transfer process. And we've all been there before where it's like, what did Dino tell me? Was that in a text? Was that an email? Is that in Slack? Is that it? There, where, where does that file live? Is that an email or is that in Dropbox? What folder? There's, random one, random two, random three, which one is the, is the right so folder. True. So, so um, the framework that I've built um, um, teaches you how to think about how to use these tools. Um, also my company leverage, which I really didn't get, get into, um, leverage another tool at your disposal, which is basically this extended team that you can use at your disposal. Uh, we call ourselves a tech enabled growth agency. And um, we're this agile extension to your team that on demand, we could do anything that helps you maximize your top and bottom line revenue. When I say top line, that's more like marketing and growth things, SEO, podcast, marketing campaigns, monetizing your email list, building email lists. Bottom line is all the stuff that I'm sharing with you here, which is your operational foundational framework. So some of the tools that I'm going to be sharing with you, those are the types of things that um, I help uh, teach people in my mastermind group as well as uh, leverage can help you to set these up if you find this to be interesting. So, um, and again, stop me if I'm going too quick with anything. Um, so we're not going to have time to go through all of this, but I just wanted to show you some just, I just threw together some basic scenarios of things that happen day to day, right? You need a store assigned co copy of a contract. Um, you want to let your team know of a new hire. These are all just common things, but when you stop and think about it and you start to think, hey, 
which tool should I use for each of these 17 scenarios? You will realize, and if you were to ask your team the same question, everyone's going to have a different answer. Right? Yeah. There's, no con- there's no consistency. That's where the fragmentation comes in. That's where this whole f- knowledge transfer gets slowed down. It's because there is no framework. That's why I've written this book, Come Up for Air. It's meant to be this employee manual that you never got that explains, hey, in this scenario, this is the type of tool that we should use, and this is how we use that tool. So it's not just, the first thing is an understanding when to use different types of tools, what's out there. And then the next step is how do you optimize the tool for highest and best use? And um, it's important that you start seriously thinking about this. I mean, right now with the coronavirus, it's everyone's forced to be remote. So you can brute force to some extent how you run your company when you're in person, but you are fully exposed to your inefficiencies once you move remote. And remote can be way more efficient than in person if you have the right setup. And the sooner you get that set up, the better because um, team size um, will increase complexity exponentially. And I like to show this, of uh, this diagram of what I'm talking about. So when you're a three person team, there's three ways to connect. So there's, it's kind of hard to lose track of, of conversations and, and miss things. When you're four people, there's six ways to connect. When you get to five, you're already at 10, six, 15. And you can see when you're already a 14 person team, there's, there's 91 ways to connect. So it's wow. exponentially, it's exponentially more complex, your organization with each team member. A lot of people make the uh, mistake of thinking, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm underwater. That's why the title of the book is Come Up For Air. I'm underwater. I need more help. I need more time. I need more resources. I better hire another person. That's in general, not usually the best. That in some cases you do need to hire someone, but in my experience working with Tony Robbins or some of these people, a lot of the time it's really just you're inefficient. And if you could optimize how you run your company, you might not even need as many people as you currently have. You might be able to get way more output out of what you have and, and, and avoid kind of just keep throwing, you know, if you keep throwing inefficient people into an inefficient process, it makes it just more inefficient overall. And Which if I can just say, Nick, I think for those docs that are listening right now, those teams are listening right now, that's so crucial to understand because when we come back from COVID to know that you can actually get more done with less team members if you have the right efficiencies. Right. And, and look, there, there's always, you need to have human, you know, human manpower, right? That's sure. why I built leverage because there are situations where, Hey, I don't need a full-time marketer, but I need someone to help me with a Facebook ads campaign right now, or I need someone, I'm not going to set up this tool. Could you help me set up that tool? That's great. But you might not need a full-time person, uh, nor do you want to manage a lot of people. So like, instead of hiring 10 people, you could hire us. And then it's just one node in that, in that diagram, leverage would just represent one node instead of 20 nodes potentially otherwise. So I like to call this the scavenger hunt, right? Because when you have to start looking for information, it's like going on a scavenger hunt and it takes 10 times longer to find things and better than leverage, better than hiring people. Automation is always the best. You're never going to, they're never going to ask for a raise, complain, call in sick. So Automation, whenever possible, is really going to be key. And there's tools that help you automate various processes. Zapier is one. Um, and again, don't get overwhelmed uh, by all this. There's some resources in that link, dino.getleverage.com. And again, if, if you need more help, you can always reach out to me and we can help you with this. Um, Zapier is one of those tools that um, was critical in us bootstrapping leverage. Rather than hiring 100 people, I was automating even if it was going to save me a second, I would automate it because it's not just about the saving of a second. It's one less thing to think about. It's one less potential uh, point of, of failure and error in, in your processes. Um, so for me, it's not about, this stuff is not about, hey, what's the magic pill to save 10 hours? It's, hey, where can I find like one second, five second, 10 second things, but how can I find like thousands of them and just optimize those? That's really where you're going to find overall the stacking of the efficiency. So Zapier is this automation tool, which basically connects multiple third-party softwares together to automate. So when something happens in this tool, trigger this to happen. So 
there's many different scenarios um, of that. There's thousands of applications. It could be when someone signs up for one of your procedures and they pay with Stripe, automatically add that invoice to QuickBooks, automatically email the client with the next steps, automatically send a Slack notification, automatically update your CRM, et cetera, et cetera. So whenever possible, automation is going to be better than hiring uh, an outsourcing company, an agency, a full-time person. So that's first thing. Okay. But let's get, let's get into that framework CPR that I was talking about. It's kind of, kind of timely. Uh, see, I just realized I'm talking to a bunch of doctors. In my yeah, totally. It's great. So. <laughs> All right. So the first part of CPR is uh, communication. That's like the oxygen of your company. If you're not communicating properly, um, everything else slows down. So the first thing, no matter what type of doctor you are, what type of industry, how big your team size, you need to be communicating with your team. So what I suggest is I separate my communication channels. So I keep text for personal use. I keep email for external and I use a tool. There's Slack, there's Microsoft Teams. Now, if you're HIPAA compliant, there's a few other alternatives that we could get into for that, um, uh, which you could also Google. I think Mattermost is one. Uh, usually you could use any of these tools that I'm explaining and you could just uh, be HIPAA compliant by not putting uh, full last names or personal details um, is, is the HIPAA compliant way of getting around this. But the, these are the three, um, these are the three kind of tools for communication, let's call it. Um, now, it's not just enough to know, okay, I'll, I'll use a text for personal, Slack for internal, but how do you use each of those tools to the highest and best use, right? So the best way to get to inbox zero is to get to email zero. So right away, if you start moving internal communication outside of email and personal outside of email, that already cuts down email by potentially two thirds. Um, now, email is one of the biggest problems I see in companies because you've been using it for so long, but most people don't know how to use email properly, right? Now, the way that to think of email is it's just a to-do list that other people can add to. And there's a huge difference between uh, inbox zero versus unread zero. And most people think they're at inbox zero, but really they're just managing bold and unbold. So, uh, this is usually like a one to two hour module just in itself in box zero. So I know I'm going fast. I'm just trying to build awareness for you of, of this better way of doing things. But um, uh, the way the acronym I have for email is called RAD. You either reply, you archive or defer an email. If you're using Gmail, when I say defer, there's a clock button that you probably never paid attention to. What that does is you can snooze an email so that it leaves your inbox and comes back at the date and time that you specified. Use cases of this. A new patient is coming in next Tuesday and the patient, he or she wrote to you something that you want to be reminded about the day of the, the, the appointment. It doesn't need to sit in your inbox for the next five days. It just needs to come back in the morning of that appointment. There's many other use cases that I'm oh sure my you could think gosh, of. I've totally never realized that. I'm sitting here going, all the things I could use this for. That is crazy. <laughs> I mean, say say um, you're writing to a potential client and you want to be reminded if the client doesn't get back to you, you could write the email, snooze it. And the cool thing is if they write back to you, it disables the snooze. So if you put like, hey, um, uh, I want to know if Dino doesn't write. I reply to Dino. If he doesn't get back to me within a week, I want to know. I, I write to him. I put a snooze on it. So I'm guaranteed to get that email back to the top of my inbox in a week. Wow. If in three days you write to me, it deactivates the snooze and goes straight to the top. Wow. That making sense? Yeah, that's great. All right. So um, in Outlook, you have similar functionality with that too. Um, if you're using the application of Outlook, you could install an app called Boomerang in Outlook and it does the same thing. So um, moving on to Slack, there's also Microsoft Teams. So you get the first benefit of, of separating internal versus external communication. So that's one huge benefit. For me, I prioritize replying to my team. So in Slack, Slack is my first thing I do in the morning because I, I want to unstuck my team before getting to the outside world. Mm -hmm. So I get to Slack zero before I get to inbox zero. Other benefits though of things like Slack are you have these things called channels, which are basically topics of conversations. So instead of 
text and email, which is just free form. I could be emailing you about this webinar. I could email you about the next Genius Network. I could email you about coming to my bullseye event. There's a million different things, but if we have um, channels of topics, you can keep conversations contained in the topic so it's easier to find. Because again, it's back to that principle. A company can only scale as fast as knowledge can be transferred. So you want to eliminate the scavenger hunt. And the way, one great way of doing that is to keep conversations uh, maintained in, in channels. Now, Slack and Teams can be a great tool, but not if you, if you don't set it up right, it could hurt your productivity. So you want to be careful about naming conventions of channels. There's this thing called private versus public channels. Um, you want to have notification preferences well set up. So just follow some best practices and I can send some more material. We talk about this in the Facebook group too, but just be mindful of this. If it doesn't, Usually when a tool isn't adding, um, isn't, isn't adding to your operational framework and it's not saving you time, it's probably because you're using it wrong. At least the tools that I'm recommending. Yeah, no, so, totally. So um, here's an example. Like, you also want to be careful with naming conventions. Uh, some of the places that I've seen fail at this is when they, have, um, they don't have strategic naming conventions. And before you know it, you have marketing one hyphen Facebook, and then you have Facebook hyphen marketing two, and you have just no idea, you know, what the difference between those channels are, and then information's fragmented again. So you want to create hyper specific, logical, easy to understand channel naming conventions. Slack and, and Teams also have third-party integrations. So you can integrate and you can basically power up this experience. Here's just a few, but um, here's an example. Like there's a Giphy integration. So especially now that you're going remote, one of the things that you really need to be considering is how do you maintain culture in a remote environment? So in order to do that, you could say to someone, good job, which could get dull, or you could say slash Giphy, good job, and you get something like that on the left. And it makes nice. it just a much more interesting environment to be in. That's cool. There's a bot that we use called Donut, which randomly matches two people together and it sparks conversations. So that's another good culture kind of builder. And again, there's thousands of these things. I have bots that are asking people what they did yesterday, what they're doing today, what are they blocked on? And it aggregates all the answers and gives me one report. And these are all just to... bots just through Slack. You'd have to yeah. use the Slack app, but there are other bots you can use with different applications. Yep. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So, you know, you don't need to pay someone to do that. You could have that for, you know, or there might be like a small monthly fee with some of these things. Well, and um, it's, it's a small monthly fee for constant engagement, which is something I know my doctors worry about, especially right now, not being able to connect with their teams and how to have that conversation still going. So this is it's so smart. Like you said, automation is the key. That's great. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, certain channels that uh, you should have, um, we have a water cooler channel where we have like all the company announcements. Um, uh, we, now that, now that there are, they just changed their designs. So now you can create sections they're called. So you can group channels by section and there's much more to it than this. I would watch some videos or, um, or I can send you some, some additional that's beyond the stuff that I've put in that dino.getleverage.com link, but it's, if you use it right, it could literally change the whole way that your company communicates. Now we're on Zoom now. That's gonna, if it hasn't already become one of the core tools, it will soon become a core tool. There's also a Zoom integration with Slack. So a big use case is you're chatting with someone and it's like, all right, we're getting, it's gonna be way easier just to get on a Zoom. You could do slash Zoom and you're right, you're in a conference call right there. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like, that only saves me a few seconds, but it, it starts adding up. Best practices with Zoom, have your video on. Um, I think that that's important so that people see your face. Snap camera is a, is a plugin that can make it funny. That's me as a potato last week doing a call with the team. <laughs> um, I would record by default most of, the, um, most of your videos. I do, a lot of, uh, I do a lot of Zooms by myself. And what I do with that is I record myself giving an announcement to the team. So rather than me typing an announcement, especially if it's like a long, a long thing to share, hard to explain, it's more efficient for me to just spin up a Zoom, record myself talking for five minutes, 
I can share my screen and show them what I'm trying to say. Also, they're hearing my voice, they're seeing my face. So I'm trying to mirror that in-person experience as much as possible. But then it, it, what a benefit of this is you're moving your conversations from when you're co-located, you're, you're having synchronous communication and someone could be in the middle of something, you distract them. This allows you to still communicate with people, but asynchronously, which is way more productive because then when you have time, you can prioritize your time and watch that announcement. So you're taking back control over your time if you do all this right. Okay, so the next thing with uh, CPR is planning. And the big, the big mistake people make is not only are they using the wrong communication tools in the wrong context, but they're using communication tools as project management tools. And we've all been there, right? Where you text or your email, hey, Dino, could you get this done for me by, by, by Wednesday, right? That shouldn't happen in a communication tool. You're delegating a task to someone. You want to capture the state of it. You want to know, did, you, did Dino complete it? What's the status of it? So that's much more suitable for some form of a project management software. That's the P in CPR. The, the metaphor I like to use is if, if you were going to go camping in the forest with your team, you guys would need walkie-talkies to communicate with each other, and you would need a map to navigate out of the forest. So we just covered the walkie-talkies. Now we're talking about the map. Okay? And there's a many, many different types of project management softwares. The most important is that you use, the, you use whichever one you like. You, you know when to use it and you set it up for success. Because just like Slack and email, there's more ways to do it wrong than there are to do it right. We use at Leverage, we use Asana, which is grouped by teams. And when within teams, you have projects. Um, this is what a project uh, looks like. So you have teams, you have projects. Within projects, you have these things called sections, which um, like backlog and doing are sections. You have tasks. Tasks can have owners, due dates. You can create custom fields. So it's a really good way to be able to answer the basic but fundamental question we all should answer. We should all be able to answer, which is what's the most important thing I need to be doing right now? That's something that at a basic level, every team member on your team and every entrepreneur needs to be able to answer at any point. And by, by having a lack of framework and foundation and systems, it's usually hard to answer that for most teams. Yeah, for sure. So, so using tools like this help you be able to answer that basic question. So again, like just reiterating the basics, company can only scale as fast as knowledge can be transferred. Everyone in the company should be able to know what's the most important thing that needs to get done right now, right? Those are, sounds very basic. It's not easy to, it's not rocket science. It's not five minutes of work, but when you get this, when you get all this set up, you'll know that it's working better because those two things um, are the two things that this should be helping. Uh, projects, you, in Asana, you can update the status of projects. So on a project level, you can have an owner and be giving status updates. Um, if you're used to a tool like Trello, which is Kanban style, where you have tasks that are in a board that you move cards from one list to another, um, this gives you the option. You can see up here that um, you have, it's, it's right now on a board view, but you could just as easily click on the list view and see lists. Um, so just two different ways to translate the same type of information. Um, you have the concept of milestones, um, a task. This is what a task looks like. So you can have owners, due dates, tasks, and live in multiple projects. You can have comments with people. So you could be communicating on this task right here in the task itself. You could see a little bit more zoomed in description of what uh, like a full out description of a task could look like. Um, uh, we started managing all of the key projects that we're going to work on quarter by quarter. So it's really easy for us, for anyone in the company to know what's the priorities right now for the quarter. Um, they could go and see really quickly. Um, and then uh, like any tool, there's best practices. So uh, they have an inbox here too, because you can be communicating on tasks. So just like you want to get to inbox zero and Slack zero every day, you want to get to Asana inbox zero. Um, you want to be putting due dates on tasks. Um, there's a million different things. You want to favorite the projects that you're most commonly in. And what I like the most about um, Asana is, this is a typo. It, it's my tasks, not my teams. But there's a my tasks button. 
And then you can prioritize, you could be in a million projects. You can prioritize what do you need to do today, upcoming and later. And if you have a due date on something and it's marked for upcoming or later, it will automatically cascade to the next section. Like if it's due within 24 hours and it's an upcoming, it will automatically move to today. If it's due within a week and it's in later, it will automatically move to upcoming. Does that make sense? So it's a great, it's basically like your aggregated to-do list. Uh, now we have a policy at Leverage, no agenda, no meeting. And we maintain our um, agendas in Asana. But every meeting you should have, you should have a cadence to your meetings, whether you're in person or remote, you should have a cadence, um, you should have some structure and you should have an agenda. So we're running our agendas. Um, like I said, we're doing it in Slack. And these are the different types of meetings that we're doing that especially now, if this is painful experience because it's the first time being remote, I would suggest over communicating with your team and having a daily 15 minute standup. In these environments, even though I'm talking a lot on process, I, I really think that as a principle, you should be focused on people over a process and just making sure that the people on your team are supported um, and the process can help facilitate that. Um, uh, that I, I mentioned earlier, there was a bot called Standuply. So this is an example of how it works. You know, you, you could program the bot to ask questions. What did you do yesterday? What are you doing today? What are you stuck on? You can customize it however you like and you could see that the bot is asking questions and people are replying to the bot and then the bot tells me the answers. Um, we follow EOS loosely for how we do our meetings. Um, we don't have to go into too much detail on EOS, but basically at part of EOS, they suggest a framework for weekly meetings. So you do a team member update, headlines, rock reviews, scorecards, and then you have a section called IDS, which stands for Identify, Discuss, and Solve. So uh, in that section, we, we, we have a policy at the company where if something is not urgent and it can wait till next week, don't put it in Slack or email, add it to the agenda, and then we'll batch go over it. So that's another pretty useful tip. Um, we also have a monthly strategy day to cover anything that's difficult to cover in those weekly meetings. There's some things that are just larger decisions that need to be made. And we found having a half day once a month just giving us the space uh, to do that is super, super helpful. And we also have our own process for quarterly meetings. Now is the start of Q2. So what I found is the more you can be strategic and think through the key projects, the key problems, the key opportunities, the key challenges that you wanna focus on, the more efficient and productive you will be as a team because it's then you're being proactive rather than reactive. Um, and like I said, every meeting has an agenda and we're using, we create projects in Asana to have that agenda. Um, you can see here on the left, uh, I have naming conventions just like I do in Slack. I do it also in Asana and that's where I am storing notes and meeting agenda items to go to once I have a meeting. So I have a one-on-one -on -one project that's just for me. I have sections for the various people that I have as my direct reports and things that I want to bring up on the next one-on-one -on -one I have, I'm adding it into those sections. Um, we can move on from that. So uh, some pro tips for meetings. I, I recommend having a moderator. Um, I like putting the agendas in project management softwares, which is why we're doing it in, a, in Asana because a lot of the things that happen in meetings become action items and it's good. It's just one less click if uh, the agenda items are actionable, it's already in the tool that it needs to be in. Uh, but one, one thing that in my experience working with uh, my private clients, most people aren't documenting decisions that are made. They don't have an internal wiki to put that in. And then, uh, you know, in three months, you might want to go back and know, hey, when or what's, what was that decision that we made or what's the company policy? So having kind of a, a ledger of decisions that were made and you could store that somewhere that's easy to find is really critical. All right, so here's a real case scenario before getting into uh, the, re the last part of CPR. Um, but imagine, imagine someone critical in your company and they come to you, usually before Corona, I would say they come to you and say that they're quitting. But now imagine that they're telling you that they're sick. And this is a real, Absolutely. This is a real, a real scenario right now. Yeah. 
you know, imagine someone comes to you and they're like, Hey, I have, I, God forbid, I have coronavirus. I can't work for the next two weeks. Are you set up right now to handle that? Right. Most people aren't. And I think that right now, the biggest issue I see that I'm teaching in my mastermind and my private clients is getting them set up to, to be bulletproof from someone quitting or getting sick or suddenly someone not being able to come in and do their job. So right. Important. So that's the res- that's the resource part. It's basically knowledge capture. And I have, I have a distinction between static and dynamic knowledge that I teach static knowledge. I call a wiki and that would answer the question who, what, when, where, why, who's the CEO, where's the office, what's the vision, uh, who's the CEO that all, uh, what was the decision made on today's meeting? That's all static knowledge. You should, you should have a wiki for that. You also have dynamic knowledge which um, answers the question, how? How do you onboard a new team member? How do you do payroll? So that is still knowledge, but you, um, it's a process in the sense there's a, a sequence of steps that need to be performed in a certain order, and you might want to have a checklist to knock off each checklist item. Um, there's a great book that you, some of you might have heard of called The Checklist Manifesto. It was written by a surgeon. And um, what they found was when you put um, checklists into surgical rooms, it cut down the, the risk of error by like over 80%. So um, there's many, many benefits by thinking about knowledge capture in these two, um, two different area, areas. Um, there's various knowledge bases. Uh, we use Notion at, at Leverage. There's another one called Ask Spoke that we've used. The cool thing with Ask Spoke is it integrates with um, Slack. So you get this bot in Slack that you can ask questions to. And the bot, you could ask the question, what's the company vision? And it'll use natural language processing to look up in your knowledge base, find the answer, and the bot will give the answer back to the employee. The, so it's pretty cool, right? And if it can't find it, it creates a support ticket that you need to That's add cool. something to your knowledge base. The downside to it is if you don't know what to ask, um, you're kind of stuck. So. That's why we switched to Notion and it's a very easy to navigate, visually beautiful tool. And um, it takes, you know, in less than an hour, like you know how to use most of Notion, right? Wow. So we're, we're storing everything here. We have a company page. If, you, if someone wants to go and see what are our objectives and key results for the quarter or for the year, they can easily navigate it. And it's super, super intuitive, right? So this is all, at a, in a nutshell, it's, it's all about digitizing your company's knowledge. And as you go remote, this is more and more important. Now, some pro tips with, with all of this is you should identify right now a backup for each of your core processes, right? Get ahead of this right now. We, you, know, you probably have time. Be, you have time. Yeah. But, but identify who would be a backup and switch roles right now and stress test that Whoever's doing payroll right now, have someone else do payroll and make sure that someone else could do payroll, right? Now, you could, use the, you could use tools like Notion or the one I'm about to show you to document it, but time's not on your side right now. What you could do as a hack is literally just have that person that does payroll spin up a Zoom and record their screen doing payroll, and then you have an hour video that someone could watch later. If, if, you're, if you don't have time, like that's the quick win to get something down. And identify like the, you don't have to document everything, just the ones that are critical processes that could hurt your company if you don't have, right? I have a podcast. If my podcast doesn't get released for a month, it's not the end of the world. If my employees don't get paid for a month, that's a pretty big issue. Sure. So you gotta, you gotta do that. And, and one thing that I do at my company that I used to, in my previous life, I was a high frequency trader. And as a high frequency trader, every year you'd have to take a two week block leave to make sure that, um, you weren't hiding trades. And this was over a decade ago. So I would have to document in an email how my book traded and uh, email my team. Hey, this is, this is my algorithms. This is, how, this is how you spin up my book. But what always happened for eight years that I was doing that every year was when I would get back, there was always an improvement to my process. And that's because fresh eyes spark innovation. So by documenting processes and having role rotations in your company, you're not just bulletproofing your company. You're also allowing yourself the opportunity to have breakthroughs in innovation. Um, Because what I hate as a business owner more than anything is when I ask someone, 
hey, why are you doing it like this? And they tell me, oh, it's because I've always been doing it like this. Yes, I, I hate that. Yeah, everyone hates that. So the way that you get around that is you force rotations. So every quarter we rotate one position for a week. To uh, You know, you can't afford to do all positions on a rotation. But uh, I think one is pretty reasonable every quarter. And that helps you uh, risk reduce as well as innovate. Love so um, we already talked about that. So for, for process documentation, we use process treat. So you could see here, it's still documenting knowledge. Each step you could, you could have various types of fields. So you could put text, you could put input boxes. You can have different people, as you saw there, you could have different people responsible for different steps. Mm. Um, you can have dynamically, if they're, if they're applying to be a marketer, it could be different steps and different questions than if they're applying to be a designer. So you can do decision tree logic and conditional logic in here. Um, we've even documented our process for our quarterly planning. So every quarter when we do quarterly planning, we spin up a, a checklist and we make sure that we've booked these conversations and we've asked specific questions and we've looked in specific places because we've developed our own process for how we do quarterly planning. And that's all documented in Process Street. So just wrapping up and we'll get into Q&A here, but the tools will change, but the, the concepts won't, right? So, yep. um, and, and it's not just about knowing the right tool. You have to know when to use it and how to use it. So when I was consulting for Ethereum, I'll just share this. Um, I saved them a million dollars a month because the way that they were using Slack was totally wrong. So imagine, uh, imagine that a, t a message that's sent in Slack takes 10 seconds to read and it interferes, inter interferes with your flow state by one minute. That was happening nonstop because they had over a thousand people. But just imagine it's 60 times a day. That's one hour of lost productivity per person. 50 bucks an hour, that's $50 a day per person. 50K a day over, the, over a thousand people. That's a million dollars a month. Wow. So it's not just about these tools. You have to know how to use it. So again, um, I'll open this up for Q&A, but if you want to see some of these tools that I talked about, dino.getleverage.com, feel free to join my free Facebook group too, where I'm talking about this stuff. And that's my personal email and my website. So that's awesome. Well, I, I have a couple of helpful. No, that was amazing. And I, we're already getting people here saying, thank you. Really appreciate this. This is great. Whereas it's been on my life, you know, uh, so if you have questions, I'm going to ask a few things and go over a few things that I want to point out for specifically for you in the ortho and dental space. But if you have questions, please put them in the, uh, the, the chat there. We only have about five more minutes with Nick and I want to honor his time. Uh, Nick, there's a couple of things. First of all, I really appreciated that you get and understand the HIPAA side of things because I know that's what a lot of these people are talking about. You have dealt with the HIPAA stuff with your clients before, so it's not new to you. That's correct? Yeah, it's always a concern. I, I've, I've dealt with multiple doctors before that you don't have to worry about that stuff. Love it. Okay, so that actually gives you a whole nother way to think uh, about how to connect with Nick and what they can do there at GetLeverage. The other thing I was going to say is that um, the stress test idea. Okay, so I'm a huge fan of recording everything they do in the process of their office, right? To From the way they greet people to the way that they uh, fill their supply drawers because there are specific ways to make that happen. Record, record, record. I tell them all the time, walk around with an iPhone, walk around with a camera, just get it recorded. And right now, Every single one of you doctors that are watching this could be sitting at home in front of your camera using what uh, Nick just talked about with Skype and just talk through the process that you want to have happen. And the stress test, what's cool about that is that in having those recordings, when you bring somebody new into the space, that person can read or uh, watch the recording and then take over that space and then see how strong that can be. Now, of course, some of these doctors are going, why well, can't make an assistant or a front desk person be an assistant, right? Because there's certain regulations around that. But even changing up chairs, I think, would be a great idea for some people just to get the new space, the new energy, the new eyes on that problem. And, um, uh, oh, so the last thing you're talking about, was it called process, that the, the software, the process? Process.st. Also, if you go to tools.getleverage.com, I have some discount codes for, I think, process awesome. treats one of them. So just throwing that out there. That's the that process awesome. documentation tool. 
Well, in process, one of the things I want the doctors to be thinking about is on here, the, when you guys do your client appreciation parties, when you do your school fairs, once you do it once, if you have it in the process, now the next time you do it, you just go back to process and look at it and go, how do we do it last time? Because I know I get the questions all the time. We did this one thing one time or who's in charge of this or how do we make this happen? If you have all the process in there, it's already documented and done. You can repeat it forever and you can add to it. You can change it. You can do what you ever want to do. So the links, Steve is asking about posting the links. Those links are all in. If you look at uh, dino.getleverage.com, all the, the, all the links and tons of resources are in there for you. Uh, uh, uh. Any specific reason why you uh, use Trello versus Asana? So, so um, I used to be Trello's biggest user and then we switched to Asana. Um, so there's a couple of benefits. Asana is more complicated than Trello. So if you're just starting out, it's totally reasonable to use Trello. Um, Asana has a better inbox functionality. The My Tasks uh, uh, functionality is a game changer for me. I also prefer the, the overall logic of, of Asana. So in Asana, only one person can be assigned to a task. And I believe in the whole concept, if more than one person owns something, no one owns it. Yes. Trello, you start getting into these issues because you can have 20 people assigned to a card. So then it's like, how do you, who do you hold accountable to? So those are some of the benefits of Asana. Asana, if you like the board view, you get that in Asana too. So um, I, I, I think Asana is a better tool overall. Yeah, I, I, my experience with both Trello and Asana, it really is just a personal, personal preference of how deep you want to go with it. Um, I knew this question was going to come up. Michael, thank you for bringing it up because I, I'm sure there are people sitting there going like, oh my gosh, it seems like a, a large learning curve. I got to learn all this stuff, a lot of time to understand all of this and uh, to get it organized and to implement it. I'm gonna say one thing about that. Yes, it will take time at the beginning. You have time right now to figure stuff out. But once you learn it one time, then it's like, I mean, it could save a million dollars in, in, in that case with uh, that Nick was talking about. In your office, what if it saves you another, you know, $100,000 this year in your, in well, your overhead? On, on average, when I, work with, uh, when I work with people, what I hear is that they're not just them, but they're, everyone in their team is saving five to 10 hours a week very quickly. Wow from inefficiency. So it's like, what's, what's, what's that worth? Like what's an hour, what's five hours of your time worth? What's five hours of your team's time worth? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like, that's when I, when I work with people, that's usually like what I say to expect out of this to, mm -hmm. to kind of gauge, you know, what's the ROI that you need. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It takes, it takes time. I would start with the easiest ones first and start with communication tools. So that's what, that's what Michael's main question was. So how do you approach this in a bike-sized bike pieces? Where would you start first? If you're just kind of getting this brand new into your offices, where do you start first? So um, I, again, I, I, if, the, if you need help, there's, there's resources available. There's free online resources. There's that free link I gave you. If you yep. want more, more um, white glove, high touch, if this is important to you, um, you could just email me and I could tell you about either how leverage could help you or... Uh, the mastermind group, but I would, I would be strategic and start with Slack and email first. Yeah. It's the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Um, one of the things I'm going to suggest everybody to do is to reach out to Nick and they do an, a, re, a really cool evaluation. They're going to sit and talk with you and find out what is it actually you need in your office. They're not just saying, Hey, here's a, here's a big, you know, box of all the stuff you can be throwing into your office, they're going to say, okay, well, these are the areas where you can probably have better uh, communication or where you can organize things better. And they're going to give you that evaluation and then you can go from there. So it makes it really easy on that sense. And I think you answered the question, Slack versus Meister task. I don't need to mention Meister, Meister task. task. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Never used that one. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. So we'll go Slack. Uh, okay. Any other questions real fast? I think we're about ready to wrap this up. But thank you guys. You can leave questions in here as well and reach out to Nick again at nick at getleverage.com. Uh, you can use the dino.getleverage.com to get all the resources here. Nick, man, this has just been 45 minutes worth of tons of information. I know one of the main things that these uh, doctors, every business owner needs to do is you know this, you deal with so many different industries. They've got to get more organized, got to get more of the task and the stuff out of their way so they can be better at what they do. Yeah. Um, like, like I started off, your time is 
your time is worth X. You should not be doing things that are below your pay grade or that don't give you joy. Right. And a big, miscon- a big misconception too, I'll just end with this that I found because now we've done, you know, tens of thousands of projects and tasks. I think people don't think about outsourcing or delegating properly. So I'll leave this as a, maybe a final, final thought, but um, when people are evaluating like a freelancer or an employee and they're thinking about hourly rate, they're not thinking about it usually in the right way. So what you should always be thinking about is what's the total cost that it's going to take for me to complete something to the, to the degree that I want it completed. So I wouldn't worry about this person's salary is 200K versus, I mean, obviously there's some budgetary things, but when you're looking to hire someone, if someone's $100 an hour or even 300 an hour, but if they could get it done in 15 minutes versus a $20 an hour person that might take a week and not just a week, but they might not get it done even properly in the end. And they might take up two hours of your time of back and forth versus the senior person might only take five minutes. People aren't thinking about the total cost. And also to go a step further, think about total cost, including your time. If you value your time, say at $200 an hour, whatever that number is, think about how much of your time will it, will it take up to work with various people and whatever that number is, factor that into the total cost when you're deciding um, who to work with. Totally agree. Totally agree. And that's something that I explained because like when people work with leverage, we're not the $10 an hour solution. Right. But, but when you think of it in total cost, it should be cheaper than a lot of other solutions to get what you want done. Totally agree. I mean, that's how I look at my business too. I'm not the cheapest consultant out there. I never wanted to be. I don't believe there's a competitive advantage to being the second lowest price leader. And, but I'm going to get you the result in a much faster time of what you're looking for. And that's, yeah. that's the, the time versus yeah. your money. Uh, last question. Somebody asked real fast before that you go Slack equivalents that are set for HIPAA compliance. Can you make HIPAA uh, Slack HIPAA compliant or is it just what you were saying about not leaving not including I, the last name? I think that, you know, Slack and teams, I think you just don't include the last name. I think that if you're on their enterprise grid, um, which I think for most of us is not, um, is not uh, appropriate. Um, th- that's HIPAA compliant. I think Mattermost is an open source Slack alternative that is HIPAA compliant that I would look into if that's something of a concern. Cool. And then I, th- I think that there's another one called Discord that might be HIPAA compliant too to check out. Awesome. Again, you guys, all these questions are great. We're going we're gonna to let uh, Nick go. He's got other events to go to. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out to Nick. He'll answer them. They're great about uh, getting back to you. And you can even put a little timer on your Gmail that you send out to them to let know if you need to reach out to them again, because uh, we learned that today. So We'll get back to you. All right. <laughs> so thank you so much, Nick. We really appreciate it. Have a great all day. All right. Stay safe, guys. Thanks. Well, everybody, that was awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to uh, join us here for this, another Facebook Live. And, you know, I really appreciate people talking and putting out here um, their, their gratitude for these Facebook Lives. That's what we're trying to do is just give you as much powerful information as possible, helping you be more efficient in your business. As I spoke about in my last uh, Facebook Live yesterday about operations and understanding those operations and understanding how to leverage your why, your systems, and not leverage, no pun intended, your why, your systems, and your responsibilities. That's what you need to do in your business. And you right now need to focus your time and your energy on doing so. On that note, we will be doing another Facebook Live next Friday night, or Friday, (laughs) sorry, my brain uh, is, is in two different places right now. We are doing next Wednesday night. This is when you will not want to miss. If you are in the orthodontic space or the dental space, you do not want to miss this. I am going to be having on an interviewing four people who are treatment coordinators who do everything virtually or remote. So they've been, they're experts in this. They've been doing this. One has been doing this for two years. Another has been doing this in another location. Her doctor is in California. She's in Florida and she does them. And not through video either, only through the phone. She closes them. In 30 minutes, she gets a whole treatment uh, uh, treatment coordinating done. It's fascinating to, to see and to hear, and I'm excited to share this with you. And I'm also bringing somebody on who just started two weeks ago doing this, was not equipped to do this, was not looking forward to doing it, was not planning on doing it, and yet 
she is killing it right now in her office with doing virtual exams and closing people through virtual exams. You do not want to miss it. It's next Wednesday night at four o'clock Pacific time. We're going to be right here. I'm going to be interviewing all four of them. I'm going to be doing announcements about it. Also, we are doing a contest. We're going to be launching it this weekend. I'm going to tease it a little bit tomorrow on Friday. But starting Monday, we're doing an Instagram contest for you to share our post. And we're going to give away a virtual package. So we've got an amazing HD webcam, a microphone that's like my microphone that gives you really good sound. It looks like this. We are going to give you a full package plus a 45-minute team training with me virtually for being involved in this contest. And we want you all to be involved. We want you all to, to win. Not everybody's going to win, but we want you all to enter to win so that you can get this information. Thank you, John. That's very nice of you. Appreciate that. Uh, we will always be bringing you the best information possible. I'm excited about all the things we have in the works for you, the things we're sharing with you. Again, if you have not uh, registered for the uh, the virtual 101, sorry, I, again, my brain's in three different places. Virtual 101 from last week. If you haven't registered at dinowatt.com forward slash virtual 101, you will not get the videos for free. Today is the last day to do this. Everyone else from today on, you will not be, if you register, you're not getting the things for free. You are going to, you're going to pay for them. And that's fine. Hey, I like people who want to pay for their stuff. But we have created a, a membership system where you're going to see all the videos are broken down. We have uh, evaluations for you to go through with them uh, where you have to pass certain tests and you can share them with your team. It's awesome. I've added another two bonus trainings on there that you're going to love as well. But if you haven't registered at dinowatt.com forward slash virtual 101, you will not get those for free. You will pay for them. Everybody, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate Nick and sharing his time with us. Um, he, man, that dude's just got so much knowledge on how to outsource the things that you should not be working on or dealing with in your business. I hope you guys have an amazing day, an amazing weekend. Stay safe, everybody. Please reach out if we can help you in any way. If you have any questions for us, we love to help you. Have an awesome day. Bye. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.